Right about now, you are listening to the Legacy and Leadership Podcast, a show where we discuss living as a leader worth following, leading others to do the same, and in doing so, leaving a legacy for future generations. My name is Jimmy Gonzalez Jr., a learning and development professional and leadership coach, sitting down with my co-host, Anthony Devon Watts Jr., an expert contact center leader that has effectively led and developed dynamic teams with high motivation. Together, we have over 30 years experience in the corporate game. Join us as we discuss our growth as leaders, share the lessons we've learned, and interview others to see how their leadership style was shaped as they were mentored by adversity. <laughs> Welcome to the Legacy and Leadership Podcast. Yes, Legacy Leaders presented to you by the Legacy and Leadership Learning Group. Are you an entrepreneur and have that entrepreneurial spirit? Are you constantly thinking about how to create value and build new businesses? Are you trying to innovate in new different ways and find different ways of doing business to replace old, outdated ones? Well, if you are, it's fantastic because we are here for you. Uh, I am Coach Jimmy G Jr. Uh, and I am joined by my co-host Devon Watts Jr. And what is going on, leaders? What's going on, entrepreneurs, entre leaders out there? So excited to have you. So excited to have you and be able to start dropping some of these golden nuggets to help you grow your business, create a legacy worth remembering. Absolutely. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, so in this episode, we are going to be breaking down the seven strategies for smarter and faster decision making, as well as giving you some tips on how to apply these strategies. If you are a new listener or one of our loyal listeners, we thank you so much. And we ask that you leave a review on the podcast uh, on in this episode as well and give us a like. Uh, and if you are one of our viewers on our YouTube channel, again, thank you for uh, watching us, for rocking with us. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the YouTube channel, like this video, and also make sure that you share, whether it's the podcast or the vidcast, with another Entree leader that you know will get benefit from this. Um, as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, a business runner, like there's so many decisions that we have to make on a daily basis, and sometimes we have to make them very, very quickly. Uh, but there's a strategy to do so, and again, we are going to be dropping a ton of golden nuggets for you today uh, to help you do that more effectively. And we are excited. Uh, we've been talking about it and talking about it, um, but this is the official last episode of season two. The season finale. The season finale. <clears throat> yes, sir. Um, so yeah, so uh, I'm excited about that um, because of just all the momentum that we've been able to create, you know, over the last couple of months uh, since the beginning of 2021. Uh, all of the new listeners, viewers, you know, that we've been able to um, just to to meet up with, to to communicate with on our different social media platforms, uh, and just to, to kind of uh, commute, uh, excuse me, accumulate this community of, of leaders, of entrepreneurs uh, that are trying to make a difference. And like you said earlier, D, like they're, they're really looking to leave a legacy uh, for future generations and to, to make an impact in their community. Yeah, a thousand percent, man. And so I know for a lot of our new listeners, um, you know, if this is your first time listening to the episodes or maybe, you know, you've um, only been riding with us for the past couple of weeks and now you're like, oh, man, you guys are you guys are about to call it a season, like the season finale, like fret not. Right, just like all of your great television shows, your favorite television shows, they are available for replay. Right, you don't even have to DVR it, you don't have to TiVo it, you don't got to do none of that. Mm -hmm. All of our episodes are out there, so this is actually a perfect opportunity as we take a little bit of a hiatus. It'll be four month, one month hiatus, um, that you can go back and revisit the content that we dropped in season two, season one, depending on wherever you're at. It'll give you ample time to be able to catch up on all the golden nuggets we dropped along the way. Um, and we're not going to go completely zero dark 30. Um, there's still going to be content coming your way. It just won't be in the form of the formalized official uh, podcast offering, right? So you can still expect us to do things like going live in Podbean. So if you want to join and interact with us directly on our cold brew and convos, you can absolutely do that Wednesdays, Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. And yes, then we, sh we should be able to drop uh, for you all too some really cool behind the scenes, just kind of green room conversations and things like that. That was a huge hit last uh, last season one. And so we want to definitely bring that back to you because, um, again, you guys get the benefit of hearing the kind of the our official 
production um, offering. But trust me when I tell you, uh, Jimmy and I, we spend plenty of time talking outside of when we hit the record button. <laughs> uh, in fact, before we hopped yes. on here, <clears throat> before we hopped on here, we spent maybe about an hour or so just uh, catching up and really uh, Jimmy watching me stuff my face with McDonald's. And while <laughs> this episode is not sponsored by McDonald's, um, I do want to thank McDonald's for giving me the fuel to come into the season finale, um, you know, just with a full belly and full of energy, man. So we can definitely deliver for you guys as we break down again these seven strategies for making quick decisions. We've been building this narrative over these past couple of um, episodes, talking about decision making, how important that is as an entrepreneur. It's truly the most important skill set that you can master if you can make effective decisions. That covers down all of your other gaps as, a, as an entrepreneur and an entre leader. We've talked about having the right mindset for for decision making we've talked about some of the roadblocks that present themselves when you're talking about indecision um, and you know procrastination all of these things are the enemies of progress and we left you with a little bit of a cliffhanger because we talked about all the problems but we didn't necessarily give you how to solve it mm-hmm. and we promised you that we were going to come back to do that and that's exactly what this episode is about it's the seven strategies to be able to make effective decisions again so how you can solve some of those things that we've laid out over these past couple of episodes so uh, really looking forward to getting into this um, to bringing the energy right before uh, the off season <laughs> right before the off season yes the uh, off for, season. <laughs> for our legacy uh, leadership legacy and leadership podcast man so seven strategies. Uh, we're going to be discussing learning recognition patterns, setting time limits for yourself, making a daily quota, how that's going to be beneficial to you, uh, recognizing whether the decision should be reversed, uh, if possible, uh, knowing your ultimate objective, your ultimate why and purpose, uh, and then putting it into perspective. And lastly, really how to think in black and white. So we're going to jump right in, start dropping these golden nuggets for you guys. Uh, And Devon is going to hit us off with learning recognition patterns. Absolutely. Excuse me while I clear my throat, but absolutely. Right. So um, the first strategy to being able to help make effective decisions is really it starts with learning your recognition patterns. And what we mean by that is, most decisions that we make every single day are similar, similar to other decisions that we've had to make, right? And when you can recognize that, you can quickly glean things from those other experiences in order to make an effective decision here. I, actually, I'll give our listeners a perfect example. I was sharing this with uh, with Jimmy. Um, we had a situation um, that, that came up, um, you know, before where we had an employee, unfortunately, whose, um, you know, a family member had passed. And um, they need they were in need of some time. So we proved the time. But in that the the discussion with them about their needs, they also mentioned that they weren't in a financial position. They weren't in a position financially in order to finance all of the end of life services that they needed to finance in order to take care of uh, of their um, their family member. Right. This was definitely unexpected. Mm. And, um, you know, obviously, you know, we sent our condolences. We sent things as a token of our um you know, our support for for this employee um, and uh, our HR partner <clears throat> reached out and said, hey, I also got this GoFundMe information from this individual that um, they wanted me to pass on. I wanted to see if I can give to you and you can socialize and da, 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 right now. Um, unfortunately, fortunately, but unfortunately, I've been at the game long enough where I've seen these plays before. Right. I see what's happening on the field before the snap, the snap Mm -hmm. uh, account is even finished. Right. And I was able to pull from a prior experience of um, similar situations, similar circumstances, um, you know, uh, unexpected natural disaster, um, super heartfelt. A lot of people that were emotionally tied to it, understandably so, because they had family. They wanted to do the right thing. They wanted to try and get support and aid to, you know, to, um, this is uh, Puerto Rico when uh, mm-hmm. I believe Hurricane Maria came through, right? Or Irma, one of the two. <clears throat> um, Maria. Uh, and so, again, an employee was like, hey, what I'll do is I'll start a GoFundMe, right? They'll get the money. Um, then I'll, I'll withdraw the money. I'll transfer, right? All danger because we understand what type of risk and liability um, that can potentially create. Um, the, sim- the the appearance of maybe impropriety, which like you want to be able to avoid, right? And so fast forward to now being, you know, um, met with this specific situation, 
I immediately recalled, Mm-mm, there's a lot of danger here. There's a lot of, um, you know, potential um, liability issues. Again, the appearance of uh, impropriety, all of this other stuff. And so I was able to glean from that prior experience and immediately let um, your know, HR professional know, hey, I'm not going to socialize that link because of X, Y, Z. What I'll do instead is this, because we still want to be able to help out this individual. So instead of so, you know, socializing the link and making it look like the company is in, is endorsing, donating mm-hmm. to, to the specific link. And then now we create liability around that if the funds <clears> aren't spent <throat> properly. Uh, instead, we're going to make people aware that there's a need and that they can reach out to the individual directly. And if they um, if they have questions about the best way that they can help, that they can get in contact with them. Right. Mm-hmm. And. Um, HR responded with, hey, man, I really appreciate that. That's a way more elegant solution than what I was proposing. But I was only able to make that decision literally in a matter of, um, you know, less than two minutes because I'd already learned the recognition patterns of prior uh, situations where I had to make a similar decision. And so, again, while no two situations are exactly the same, you can still draw on your past experience as a basic guideline for making a certain decision. Again, that is known as just kind of pattern recognition. And the first question you always have to ask yourself before tackling any situation or any decision, right, is what similar past situation can I draw on in order to make this decision today, right? Uh, Again, what similar past situation can I draw on and make this decision today? Let's say you have a huge project to submit with a very short deadline and your gut feeling is that the deadline is too short, but it can't be extended. There's not... Uh, opportunity to add more time on the clock so you can't Mm -hmm. risk missing it right you have to get it done so can you remember a previous scenario where you were maybe able to outsource part of the work in order to meet a shorter deadline how did you do that effectively who did you reach out to are there individuals that you can trust or lean on or glean from to help accelerate time on executing on this decision Uh, or it could be a different scenario where maybe you're considering outsourcing maybe certain tasks and you recall in a past situation where when you did that, it ended in disaster and you ended up missing the deadline. So again, referencing that prior experience, what were the shortcomings in that situation? Was it that you trusted the wrong individual? Was it that you were not clear about your expectations? Was it that you did not um, identify the right talent or the right partner in order to give this opportunity to? And then once you recognize those patterns, you can then solve for that and then leverage the benefit of that prior experience in order to make a more effective and a quicker decision today. So recognition patterns allow you to create a map of similar experiences and be able to refer to them and leverage them to make the best possible decision in the current situation. And as you continue to use this method and grow your kind of cachet of patterns and your effectiveness and your speed at making decisions are going to increase dramatically, right? It's the exact same thing that we get... um, when you're watching football and, you know, kind of the greats, you know, what makes Tom great, Tom Brady so great, even though he's you know, mm-hmm. 40, you know, 40 something years old and his arm is maybe not as strong as it was before is his mind is still sharp. He's seen so many different plays. So mentally he's faster than everybody else on the, on the field. Right. And um, I've shared that before a, a, a lot of times with, you know, just even athletes as they're making that transition. Um, I try to tell them like when people say the speed of the game, like when you increase in, in terms of, um, your responsibility in terms of the level that you're playing at. The, when they say the speed of the game picks up, it's not that people get faster. There's some of that, right? But the people running 4-4 four, four, and 4-3 four, in college are still running 4-3 four, and 4-4 four, four in the NFL, right? Mm-hmm. The difference is how quickly people process information. That's what's changing. And the same is true as an entrepreneur. As you're growing your business, right, and the speed of the game is picking up, you know, you may be working with some middlemen type uh, partners, right? Maybe some lower level entrepreneurs, maybe not as savvy. Um, and so when, you, when it comes time to make decisions, you're not under the gun, right? The speed is not that fast. You have time to think, right? Because you're mm-hmm. dealing with people who maybe are not as, um, as adept in their business as you are. But as you continue to grow your business and you start to work with more seasoned entrepreneurs, more seasoned professionals, people who really have their business together, who are operating on a larger scale, the amount of time you have in order to make an effective decision gets lesser and lesser and lesser because the speed of the game is picking up. They're making decisions at a breakneck speed as well. They don't have time to sit here and go back and forth with you over for a week to get your opinion on a design um, recommendation or a... Um, a, a potential business venture, right? Like 
I need you to understand the fundamentals of your business because I understand the fundamentals of my business and this is what we're working towards and I need you to hurry up and make a decision, right? Like it's that type Mm -hmm. of breakneck speed that you're dealing with. And so being able to build up a well of those experiences allows you to make those decisions quicker, more effectively, um, the whole nine. And so that's what we talk about when we're saying, um, you know, learning recognition patterns. And it's, I think it's important to, to take time and, and go through certain activities because we even talked about this, uh, with Sunil, right. And, uh, using your intuition to make certain decisions and realizing when did I make a bad decision and going back and thinking about that, where there's certain, um, triggers or, or, um, situations that were coming up that I could have picked on earlier, picked up on earlier that would have allowed me to make a better decision. And even, you know, we, we kind of joke that, you know, we'll make 50 decisions in a day, but going back at the end of the day and saying, okay, what, what decisions did I make today? What was the process that I went through? What did I look through? Sometimes you're going to have to make a decision right in, in that, in that moment. But even going back again and just reassessing what are all of the important decisions I made today? What are the important decisions I made over the week? Uh, what were some of the good decisions I made? Some of the bad decisions? What was I feeling? What was I thinking? You know, what were some of the cues that led me to make that decision one way or another? And that helps you, right? It's going over the game tape, going back, taking a look at what you did and reassessing your performance and then making those adjustments. Uh, and when you do that, you're able to shorten the learning curve because you're studying, you're studying yourself and you're picking up on those patterns at a much quicker rate. Um, and that's that in itself is also helping you to get more mental reps in as you're going through those and say, right, well, if I would have made a different decision, how could this possibly have turned out? And again, really thinking about that next time that a similar situation comes up. Yeah, man. Well said. The going over the game tape is so critically important. And unfortunately, there's not there's not enough entrepreneurs that really do that. Right. Like they <clears throat> they focus so much on, OK, I made the decision. What's the next decision that I have to make? And you get caught in that pattern of just constant action that you don't take time to pause and to regroup. And the best teams, I don't care who they are, the best teams um, in moments that matter. Right. Whether it's NFL, NBA, all that stuff, in moments that matter, the championship moments, they're not afraid to call time out. Mm-hmm. They're not afraid to call timeout. They're not afraid to go to the clipboard. They're not afraid to bring it back in and say, hey, what are we seeing out there? Like, what are we learning? What are we seeing? How do we make adjustments? The, the teams that truly have consistent, sustained excellence are the ones that not just dominate from the gate. Because if you look at um, Brady's last uh, Super Bowl ring with the Patriots, they were down. Everybody knows it, 28 nothing. They were down mm-hmm. to, the, to the Falcons. They went into halftime. It's a game of adjustments. It's a game of like, what do you, what did you learn after you were out there? And then how do you make adjustments? And the teams that are the best at reviewing the game tape, learning, and then making adjustments are the ones that have consistent, sustained excellence. And the same is true in your business. It doesn't matter how you started when you, you first launched, launched your business. You could have got zero sales. You could have got one sale. It's what are you learning and how are you going back to the game tape and then tweaking it? That's why you have mm-hmm. some of those businesses that they don't do that. They don't go back to the game tape. They start off on fire when they launch the business because it's a fad. And then they can't figure out, man, how do I keep my sales going? Right? How do I, what do I do now? Because I don't have the benefit of the fad. I don't have the benefit of the, of the, um, the notoriety. I don't have the benefit of the investment. Like that, that spark, that sauce is lost. And now I can't sustain it. And everything that Mm -hmm. we've been talking about um, for our legacy leaders, for our entree leaders out there, it's a tenet of our um, entrepreneurial coaching business is we're not just trying to help you start your business. We're trying to help you sustain your business, sustain it. And so, um, again, the game tape is so critically important. Man, I love that you brought that up. Not just start it, but keep it and keep it going uh, and create that legacy. So that was number one. And we into it. <laughs> we got six more to go, but we're we going we gonna to ride through this. So uh, setting a time limit. You know, I think about, you're talking about Tom Brady in football, right? I mean, when the ball is snapped, he only has a certain amount of time, right? As a rush is coming at him to, to look over the field, um, take in this information, assess it, and then to make a decision on where he's going to go, you know, with the football. Um, now, we're going to have more time than that, but the point is 
sometimes you you can waste time, which could possibly help you uh, to lose money and be, you know, the result of that can be losing money. Um, or you're trying to do so much research and, and, you know, make a perfect decision that you're just, you're just taking too much time. Um, and you want to, you know, set some time limits, especially when you're under pressure uh, of just getting to the heart of the matter weighing really what are the most relevant pros and cons and deciding what you're going to do from there um, and be firm with yourself and stick to that time that you have set for yourself to avoid any distractions or overthinking again that you may uh, start to put yourself through so you may find this this technique a little difficult at first but when you start to really get the hang of it like you're going to see that it's going to be a lifesaver for you like it's going to help you with so many different situations all of the mental stress the frustration it's going to save you all of that um and again we're still talking about mental health as it is mental health awareness month anything that we can do to lower stress and to to help us be in a better space mentally we want to do that for ourselves as a team, and we definitely want to encourage you and provide you tips to do the same. So I think about <clears throat> uh, prior to, to leaving the, the last employer and uh, going through the process of looking for a, you know, a new instructional designer. And I, you know, I knew it. We talked about this before, you know, just because of what was going on through the pandemic and people losing their jobs or being furloughed. I knew that there was just a, a wealth of really good talent. Uh, so. As I'm going through the interviewing process and I'm, I'm getting to this point, like I'm realizing, OK, I have these different candidates. You know, obviously there's pros, there's cons, um, but it got to this this Monday where I had, you know, final interviews, but there was going to be uh, a presentation. But I knew I'm like, all right, the presentation is going to give us a little bit more information. Uh, but like I need to make a decision, especially there was pressure as different things were happening in the business itself to make a decision fast. Uh, so once I was able to get through those interviews, you know, I really sat down and just told myself, all right, you know, you've you've consulted with your teammate that was helping you with the interviews. You have the information, you have the resumes, you've had these conversations. Just go ahead, set a time limit, give yourself, you know, these 60 minutes to really go through uh, any additional information that you want to. And then, boom, mm -hmm. let's go ahead and make a decision so you can then start to you know relay that to uh, to my boss, uh, to the HR partner, the recruiter that was helping me so that we can get this thing moving. Um, so it, it definitely helps, again, to help you to be that much more decisive when you're giving yourself that specific time limit to work through making that decision. Um, but use whatever criteria that you need. Maybe, you know, I'm thinking about, again, this situation, right? I was looking at who had the stronger skills in a particular area, you know, who was going to be a, a better fit, you know, for the company and for the team and the culture that we were looking to continue to establish. Um, and then from that point, again, you know, it's just really all right, let me choose the right person before this hour is up. Um, there's going to be times where um, there's going to be you know, expected outcomes or benefits that are going to be somewhat similar, you know, based on, again, in this example with the different candidates that I'm looking at. So even if I made a random choice and say, all right, you know, looking on paper and what I've been able to establish, like it's really a toss up. You know, let me go through if I had six candidates and whittle it down to three who I thought were the best. Uh, and then that particular point, if everything else is, is pretty much a wash, even if I need to just randomly select one. OK, you know, time is running out. I need to make a decision before they put a freeze. I can't hire anybody. I can't move forward with this decision uh, and do that. You've done the assessment and the work up until that point. There's really nothing that is differentiating these candidates. Um, so, yeah, you know, put it up uh, uh, to to chance, but you're still going with your gut feeling uh, as you're going through that process. Yeah, so the main say, point is chance. Exactly. Is is because you've done all the research, you've done all of the, the questioning and, you know, maybe you've looked at LinkedIn profiles. You've looked at uh, not just their resumes, but information that they have online in, in regarding to instructional designers and work that they've done. So you have a good feeling at that particular point. Uh, so, yeah, it is definitely, uh, you know some calculated randomness if you need to, to get to that point to make a decision. What I like about um, the idea of setting a time limit is it actually ties into the next one that we're going to be talking about here in a little bit um, around like quotas, but it's, it really comes down to like setting boundaries, like establishing mm -hmm. boundaries and parameters, right? Like <clears throat> you know, being able to say like with clarity or with certainty, 
a decision like a, de- a firm decision has to be made by this date like these are the yeah. these, these are the circumstances right and i need to make this decision because this decision plays into other dominoes other decisions that need to be made down the line and the more that i i delay here it only pushes everything else back it only pushes yeah. everything else behind and i can't afford to have that occur and what you're really talking about right is that and we mentioned this like with procrastination and indecision is kind of that need of having more information or too much information, having the time limit really helps to combat that one specifically because now what you're saying is, yeah, I'm going to do my diligence and I may, you know, I may want to know more, but I can't know everything. Yeah. I can't know everything. And so I have to trust my process. I have to trust my decision-making process of, Man, you know, I ask the culture questions, I research in LinkedIn, maybe I talk to references, maybe I reviewed the portfolio, maybe I gave them a business case, like, and the reality is, going back to um, another, you know, uh, you know, concept that we bought up for the right mindset is the reality is even with doing all of that, you may still end up making a bad decision, a bad hire. And you have to be comfortable with that, right? Because you have to be able to say, well, look, I trusted my process and um, this is where it landed me. Yes, it was, you know, it ended up being the wrong decision, but what can I learn from that? What can I incorporate into my process to avoid this in the future? Or did I get, you know, like, did I just get sold a bill of goods? That happens sometimes. That mm-hmm. that truly does happen sometimes. And so you have to make peace with that and then be able to say, well, when I recognize it, then I'm going to make a decision to do something about it. Right. So um, I love the concept of like providing a time limit. I know it seems a little bit counterintuitive, but I also think that when you have those time limits in place, um, it forces you to, again, rely on your process, rely on your intuition um, and to make a decision and you don't end up with overthinking. Um, It's funny because I watched uh, last night the the Lakers Warriors game and uh, LeBron was struggling most of the game, you know, cause uh, his ankle, um, he ended mm-hmm. up hitting the game winner with like, you know, 30 seconds left on a 34 foot three pointer over um, Steph Curry with the shot clock going down to like, it was like three seconds left on the shot clock by the time he caught it. Right. And just hearing him talk about the decision to shoot it. There were so many things about what we're talking about that resonates there because what he was saying is, I didn't have time to think about anything else. I looked when I got the ball, I looked up at the shot clock and I saw that time was running out. He was time bound. And he said, and at that point, I just relied on my training, on my instincts, because I've practiced this so many times that I didn't overthink the shot. I just went to get an open look and I and I followed through on my form. And it hit because I've done that so many times and there's been times where I did it and it didn't and it didn't uh, sink. It wasn't wet. And there's been times where I've done it and it went in and this time it went in. And it's crazy because even then, you know, uh, comment uh, commentators were saying, like, you know, the reason why he was he was so successful is because the pressure, the pressure wasn't on him because he didn't even have time to think or make a decision. So you couldn't be pressed. Mm -hmm. It was just all instinct. Right. It was all instinct. Um, And so because the pressure wasn't on him, he didn't necessarily succumb to it. He just relied on his instinct and his instinct went out. Right. Because he's been putting up reps and trusting his process in the whole nine. And so same is true of you as an uh, entrepreneur, entre leader. Again, that's what we're talking about. Having this time constraint, it avoids the overthinking and tells you to go through your process, trust your process, trust your intuition, put the ball up, live with the results. And whatever the outcome is, you're going to learn from the tape one way or another one. Right. You're going to learn that, hey, I hit I hit the right shot. This played out exactly how I needed it to or, hey, I missed it. But there's something else that I can learn about refining my process. So the next time I'm in that, in that situation and my instinct is the only thing I can rely on, I'm going to hit it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, when you think about the time aspect, right, the the time limit should be proportionate to the weight of the decision. Um so if if you know that this is a hefty decision, there's very large implications that you should, you know, adjust the time limit that you're giving yourself accordingly. But knowing how long to give yourself, again, all of these things come with practice as well. So the more you practice and more you're intentional about it, um, the easier it's going to get. Uh, and only you can really decide like how much time you actually need. Just remember that once you you've set yourself a time frame, your rules should really be 
not to extend it uh, or to exceed, you know, that specific time. Exactly. So those are the first two. Now we're going to get into number three, which is making a daily quota. Yeah. So this one's pretty simple um, in terms of the concept. It's probably a little bit more difficult in terms of the execution because it really requires you to be intentional in prioritizing the decisions that you have to make, right? And so when we talk about making a daily quota, we've mentioned this concept before about decision fatigue um, and trust us as people who have been at this for many, many years and we have been in positions where we've had to make plenty of decisions. Decision fatigue is a real thing. Like we talk about it, like there's times where we get to, we get home and it's like, I'm looking forward to being in a place where I'm not in charge right now, <laughs> right? <laughs> because I can just, I'll show up, like, what are we doing this weekend? Just, all right, what I need to bring, I'll just show up to it. Like, I don't want to have to try and make decisions because I've been doing that all week. And I've had people coming to me left and right asking for my input and asking for my guidance and asking for my direction so that they can go out and execute, right? Um, and so decision fatigue is a, a real thing. And so the best way to avoid a decision fatigue is to commit to making a certain number of decisions per day. Mm -hmm. I know that sounds crazy, but here's out here, right? The decisions can range from small to, you know, should I purchase, you know, should I make this investment in terms of um, resources for the business? Should I buy this new software? Should I buy um, this new piece of equipment? Or they can be big, big weighty decisions, right? Should I enter into a new agreement, um, a new service agreement? Should uh, I move from a digital space to like a brick and mortar space? Um, should I um, should I bring on a new partner? Should I enter this collaboration? Now, the minor decisions like silly stuff, like again, what we have for lunch or um, you know, what am I going to have for dinner, where I'm going to eat at, like those really shouldn't count into your decision-making quota, right? Unless for some weird reason, like you are like extremely indecisive, then I would say, yeah, take those into consideration um, to help flex that muscle of making decisions and making timely decisions, right? But for most of our entrepreneurs, um, you may not necessarily be very indecisive when it comes to things like that. So when we're talking about that quota, we're really talking about decisions that are geared around your business. And in, um, and in th that situation, again, it's really about being able to prioritize what are the most important decisions that you have to make. Now, mm -hmm. um, the, if you guys have been listening to us for a while, one of the skill sets that we've talked about that is valuable to mastering as a leader is delegation. And so this is where you can you start to flex that muscle, because if you say, well, look, these are the priority decisions that only I can make. They have to live with me. They have to live with me. Right. And that can go towards my quota and anything outside of that. I can delegate to my team. I can delegate to you know somebody that I bought on that I have confidence can execute on my vision. That allows you to still be effective and to get through the things that you need to get through while preserving yourself from decision fatigue and, believe it or not, also empowering and building the culture and the trust within your organization, right? Because the thing that we've talked about um, with our entree leaders here is, guys, we're not, you're not, our goal is not to have you enter business and basically just be a contractor for yourself, mm -hmm. right? Like you're not, you didn't hire your own job. You're trying to build a business. That means bringing on other folks. That means when we're talking about leaving a legacy, it means empowering other people, hiring new employees, all of those things, right? And so you have to be able to build a certain level of culture, a certain level of chemistry, camaraderie, all of those things. And the only way you do that, you got to be able to empower people. You have to be able to entrust people. You have to be able to delegate effectively. And so by having the quota, you can actually flex that muscle, that delegation muscle, which is so critically important as an entrepreneur or entree leader. Um, if you're really trying to take your business to the next level. Yeah, and it, it may seem or sound kind of crazy, but if you also think about, you know, other topics that we've discussed, right, and that we help people with uh, time management organization, if you're setting your goals at the beginning of the week and what you're trying to accomplish, maybe there's a goal that I'm trying to accomplish. Maybe it's two weeks from now or at the end of this month. But in order to accomplish that goal, you know, I need to make a decision on what software I'm going to buy because that software is going to help me to finish this project or get something else done. Um, 
so for that week, that could be one of my goals is, you know, on Wednesday, that's the time limit, right? Getting back to the last one that we just discussed, I'm giving myself that time limit. Uh, and by Wednesday, this decision needs to be made. And then, so I know on Wednesday, I might have two or three decisions that I know have to be made. So there's definitely ways for you to, to work through that. Uh, and again, in a more, uh, efficient way as you're planning out your week and making sure that you're blocking off time for these different activities. Absolutely. And then as we get into to the fourth one, right? So we talked about, you know, really recognizing uh, and learning your, your patterns for decision making, setting a time limit, making a daily quota. And the fourth strategy that we want to talk about to help you make uh, faster and more effective decisions, uh, smarter decisions is recognize whether the decision can be reversed. There's some decisions that can be reversed or taken back, while others yes, are irreversible. Um, but I think to the, the book, I've talked to you about it a couple of times that uh, Stacy got me for my birthday called The Dip. And mm. it talks mm. about knowing when to quit mm. uh, or, or not, right? But to me, that's what I think about when I'm, I'm reversing a decision. So I've made a decision to uh, to take on another project or to uh, to help an individual with something, um, whatever that decision is, I have to realize, you know, is it possible? Is it the right thing for myself and for anybody else that's involved for me to reverse that and to take that back? Uh, again, talking about a, a small business owner, maybe you've made the decision to hire an employee for a trial period uh, and you know, of course, that's going to be reversible because after the trial period, you have that option after those 90 days to make an offer and keep them permanent, maybe even give them a little raise at the 90 days. Uh, <laughs> if you've set that expectation at the beginning uh, or not. Um, but again, there's going to be other decisions that you make again that you, you can't reverse. Uh, but it's knowing the difference between those two and again, taking advantage of those opportunities. Uh, if I think one of the important things, though, is if a decision can be reversed or taken back, like don't waste time. And that's one of the main points that, that I got from that book is realizing that it's OK and giving yourself that grace to say, you know what? I made this decision. I thought it was going to work out a particular way. But in hindsight, where I'm at now, two months, four months down the road, I realize that I need to reverse that decision and I need to make a different uh, a different change, a different decision uh, and reverse or, again, quit the project, the task, whatever it is, you know, that I may be involved in. Well, I think that's the beauty of um, some of the, the greatest entrepreneurs, right? The greatest entrepreneurs out there have this unwavering, this unwavering, unrelenting focus and drive when they know that all signs are indicating that this can be successful. And then they also have this um, uncanny flexibility and ability to pivot when they quickly identify that this is not going to be fruitful. Right. Mm -hmm. um, it's that it's that agility as as an entrepreneur to pivot and pursue what is fruitful that helps them um, to kind of build the businesses to create the legacies that they, they created and they to ultimately garner the recognition that they've garnered as great entrepreneurs because they're very, very, uh, they're able to very quickly discern and learn. Nah, this ain't it. Like this is a waste of resources. Shut this down. And they're not just, and, and that's the beauty is like, they're not just committed to continuing to do something because they started it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, <clears throat> Because there's a big difference. I want to make sure entrepreneurs understand out there understand. There's a big difference between pivoting and quitting. You know what I mean? Pivoting and quitting. Like, you know, if you're, you know, if you're driving um, and you start realizing that either you're heading in the wrong direction or the path that you're taking is blocked, right? Just because you take a detour doesn't mean that you're no longer moving towards your final destination. Right. Mm -hmm. I still have the same destination, but I have to I got to take a detour. I got to go a different route. There's nothing wrong with that. You don't say, man, the reason because I got off of I-4. Right. I, I quit. I quit going to Tampa. Like nobody says that. Right. You just you know, you're still heading to Tampa, even if you have to take a different route. Um, and so being able to realize that. <clears throat> 
being able to realize that, being able to pivot, being able to find another way um, to pursue what is fruitful um, is, a, is a hugely valuable skill set, man. Hugely valuable. Yeah. And again, I just I think it's just important to realize I feel where you're coming from in, in that example. You know, you maybe you've volunteered, you know, and you've you've dedicated your time and you assess the situation. You even talked about it with people. You felt like it was the right thing to do. But as time progresses and dynamics change, you realize that it's not fruitful. Like this is not it's not becoming that win win situation for me or for the other people involved. And I need to quit. I need to stop doing, you know, this activity because uh, it's not it's not helping anybody. You know what I mean? Uh, or there's other parts of my life that are suffering because I'm still involved in, in this activity. Uh, and again, it's just having that that discernment and assessing that situation and knowing the right time to do that. Uh, but being OK to make that decision and then moving forward from that point. Well, I love that because this is a perfect transition into the, the next topic, right? Which is mm-hmm. the only way you can make that decision is if you really have clarity about your ultimate objective. And so that's where I, you know, I see it and to your point. Like I see it as a, as a detour on the path to my ultimate objective. Right? Yes. So I may be ending whatever this is in the moment because I realize it's not fruitful for me. It's not fruitful for you because I, I quickly discern this doesn't align with my ultimate objective. My, my objective, I've refined my objective. I know what my destination is. I'm not going to waste your time. I'm not going to waste my time. And so this is the end of that, but it's not the end of my bigger objective. This is a detour. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm heading in this direction. And so that's where it's important. We talked about with our entree leaders before, man, goal setting, vision statements, defining the business, going back and reviewing the game tape. All of these things help you to refine your objective. We're not just talking about the theory. We're talking about what we've practiced. We've been able to, since the inception of this business, the inception of this podcast, which is coming up on a year, uh, coming up on a year in July, July 1st, when we start off season three, that'll officially be the one year mark for us. Mm -hmm. But the evolution of our business and our business objective and our mission and our vision and the, the folks that we're serving in the community that we're building has evolved over you know this 10 11 month period and evolved to become more refined to become more true Mm -hmm. to our passions true to our our offering true to what legacy means to us and so for our entree leaders out there that are listening when we talk about going back and defining your vision understanding what you're working towards this all ties into keeping your eye on the bigger objective because that's important to inform all of the other things that we've been talking about so far. You can't know what to reverse, what decisions to reverse or to pivot if you don't really have clarity on your ultimate objective. You can't establish decisions, you know, decision quotas based off of what is a priority decision if you don't know your ultimate objective, right? Because mm-hmm. what is priority for you is going to tie directly into that. You can't decide around your, your, how you're spending your time and setting time limits if you don't know what your ultimate objective is, right? And so uh, being able to identify your ultimate objective is, is so important. It's the biggest hurdle to effective and timely decision-making um, and being able, to, uh, being able to avoid outcome overload, right? And when we say outcome overload, we're talking about like getting bogged down and just analyzing and weighing all the possible outcomes, um, the worst, you know, or, or, you know, all possible outcomes or worst of all, like trying to achieve mm-hmm. all of them. If you don't know what your ultimate objective is, you may be spending energy and effort trying to achieve something that honestly does not even get you a step closer to what you're really trying to accomplish. Right. Like we, we talked about it ourselves. I, I love to use us as case studies from time to time. Um, but we refined our ultimate objective of really serving entrepreneurs and entree leaders and connecting there. At one point, it was a part of our objectives. One of our objectives was to, you know, secure more corporate speaking gigs. Securing more corporate speaking gigs and expending the energy and effort to do that while we were fortunate enough to be able to achieve and could have continued to achieve after, like, talking with some folks. We knew ultimately at the end of the day, it didn't feed the ultimate objective. So why pursue Mm -hmm. it? We could have accomplished it, but then what? 
we're not any step closer to connecting with entrepreneurs, right? Because that's not, that's our objective. So um, again, um, just knowing your ultimate objective um, is critically important because it allows you to prioritize what you're working on. It allows you to prioritize yes. the things that we've been talking about um, and it avoids you um, the pitfall that entrepreneurs have sometimes of trying to achieve it all. Which another good segue into uh, our sixth uh, stop on this strategy pathway to help you make faster and smarter decisions it's putting everything into perspective right so this strategy helps you decide you mentioned priority it helps you decide the priority of a decision and how much time it actually deserves like how much time should i really spend on the research and and going through my process to actually make this decision so you do this by asking a simple question like how much will this matter in let's say a week's time or how much will this matter in a month's time? How much will this matter two years from now? And that helps you to, again, put you know these different decisions that you have to make into perspective. So this simple, what we call perspective regulator, it's really gonna help you gauge the importance and the priority of the decision based on its consequences. So if I make this decision, how is that potentially going to affect me my business partner, my family, my teammates, the people who depend on me, whatever that situation is for you, but really thinking about, again, the consequences and doing your best to be creative. What are some unintentional consequences of these decisions or this decision I'm going to make uh, that I can th try to think through um, and help, again, to use you know those those possible outcomes to help me with this decision? You know, so a decision that will lose its impact in a few days, right? Or even in a few hours, like, all right, what do I, what do I need to put on as, I, as I'm getting ready for the pod tonight? <laughs> like, it, it doesn't, it's not going to matter tomorrow. Yeah. Like, once we start recording, it's over, it's done. done. You know what I mean? So putting a lot of thought into that and just, you know what, I'm going to make a decision, this is what I'm wearing, and instantly just, you know, keep it moving and forget about that particular decision. What's fire um, about that, though, instinctively, like, we wore the blue and the gold. Like, I didn't even think about it, you know what I mean? But Hey, hey, hey. Instinct, the colors, yeah. baby. You got to wear the colors. It's the intuition. It's the intuition, the instinct. Yes. Just, just put up a shot, LeBron did. Oh. It's going to get it. It's going to get it every time. So using, yeah, you know, making those quick decisions and forgetting about it, but it may be a, a more impactful decision. So there was even a lot of you know conversations that we had right about about starting the business because we knew the impact that that was going to have on um not so much our relationship i mean that's a, a small part of it but uh the relationship uh time our family you know things that all right if we're going to go down this path of course right time is 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 limited we only have so much so how are we going to to manage that time you know what are some things that we may miss out on uh or have to stop doing because now we're allocating time towards this um that's there's an impacts of making those decisions um you know if, if you're thinking about having another child uh i got a couple of of um siblings you know uh, my brother and his his wife they just had their third um I know my other sister, Selena, talk about her a lot. She's, you know, she's thinking about having, but you have to think about, all right, what's that impact? And especially when you start to have more, right? It's because this is, this is a decision that is, it's a lifelong. It's going to impact you for the rest of your life. Um, most certainly for the next 18, 20 years while they're living <laughs> with you, uh, but definitely for life, right? So how does, how does this impact myself, my spouse, if I have other kids, how does this dynamic, the, the changing dynamic is going to affect the other children? Um, so again, really just taking a look at when I make this decision, uh, what are the, the possible consequences? And again, gauging the importance and this priority based on the consequences and the time impact. And if it ain't going to take you a lot of time or, or impact you days, weeks later, don't put that much thought into it. Make the decision to keep it moving. No, well said, man. Well said, well said. Um, and so, so I know for a lot of our listeners, you're probably thinking like, okay, well, you know, I, I think I have clarity about my objective. Maybe I do know um, what's priority, but I'm still like, I still can't whittle it down. I still can't narrow it down. Like I'm still stuck 
between a couple of these options. And, like, I need to be able to make a decision. I can't make a decision. Like, they both just seem uh, kind of the example you, you know, you mentioned about uh, hiring uh, the uh, instructional designer. Like, man, both of these candidates are basically identical. Like, how can I right, decide? Um, well, it's a great segue because we have an answer to that, right, which is, believe it or not, even though this world is full of gray, <laughs> it's full mm-hmm. of gray. Um, when it comes to making decisions, sometimes the best thing you can do is make it black and white. Mm-hmm. And what we mean by that is really forcing yourself to um, to not be able to, to stride the fence and to make a dis- definitive determination around the value of the decisions that are in front of you, the choices that are in front of you. So, um, it's funny, man, because I, I think when I think about this specifically, um, Gio does this thing whenever we go to restaurants. I don't know why. I think he, he thinks he's Yelp. But whenever we go to restaurants, he says, all right, like, what do you think about this restaurant on a scale of 1 to 10? <laughs> right? Like, how would you rank it on a scale of 1 to 10? Like, sometimes, like, the appetizer hasn't even come out, bro. Like, I don't know yet. Like, I don't know. So, 6 right now, 7 right now, we'll see. But he starts with a 1 to 10 scale. And you give an answer. And then um, he will then change the question and then try and get you to rank it on a one to five scale. Like after, so after I've given the answer, right, of like, okay, well, it's a seven. Or on a scale of one to five, would you give it? Uh, <laughs> it's a, I don't know, three? three. Yeah, four. Right. <laughs> on a scale of, then it's like on a scale of one to three. Right. And then so now you're like, you're stuck with like one is just is the worst restaurant ever. Three is this is the best restaurant I've ever eaten at. And then two is like almost non like inconsequential, right? Yeah. Uh, but what's funny about that is that's kind of what we're talking about when we mean make some of these decisions black and white is if you're posed with these two choices, you really have to say, okay, well, which one of these is great and not great? Mm-hmm. Okay. Like you have to put, there's only two buckets. Bucket. Is it great or is it not great? If it's kind of great, it's not great. You can't stride the fence. Then you go to your great bucket of options and you whittle it down even further like Geo does. Now I need you to determine of the great, which one's perfect and not perfect. Mm. Right, which one's perfect and not perfect. If it's not perfect, eh, it doesn't matter that it was great. It's not perfect. Get rid of it. Yeah. And that for- forces you to, to really narrow down the options that are available to you and um, force you to to make a decision, to be able to make a decision, right? And so, uh, again, thinking in black and white like that really can be a, gr- a great strategy for you when you have too many choices um, that are available to you. You just can't make up your mind. Like I mentioned, either labeling it as great, you know, less than great, narrowing down great to say, hey, this is perfect and this is not perfect. And then being able to make a choice, even if, and Jimmy mentioned this before, and I want to come back to it, even if it means doing so randomly, because what you have to understand as an entrepreneur and going back to our episodes with Sunil, if you guys didn't listen to that, I strongly recommend you listen back to it about intuition, intuitive decision-making, intuitive branding. You know, even when you make a random decision, random decisions aren't random. Mm -hmm. They're rooted in gut instinct and experiences and these tail signs that you've used before in order to make decisions. And so your random decision is not random as, as random as you may think it is. When we say random, what we're really saying is make a decision based off of your intuition in the moment, based off, based off your instinct in the moment, right? And by thinking in black and white, you can really narrow down a bunch of more or less similar options to just two or three and that you can really choose from. And that's really the way that you make it as simple as possible, uh, right? Now... I know that we threw a lot out at you guys when we talk about like all of these different seven, you know, seven strategies that you can use in order to make an effective decision. And I want to make sure that we kind of stress to you that the best way to apply these strategies truthfully is to do so one at a time. Like don't try and mm-hmm. bite all of these things off at once. Um, take it one step at a time using one of these strategies as you're making decisions. And if the strategy you deploy does not get you closer to making a definitive decision, then move on to the next strategy and apply that, right? And, and apply that. And um, in terms of building up the mental reps 
to refine your skill set with these strategies. I also think it's important for you to even go through the process of just practicing each strategy, you know, with the decisions you have to make for each individual week. Like spend a week just saying, mm-hmm. hey, I'm going to do um, establishing a time limit. Uh, this week I'm going to do um, establishing a quota. This week I'm going to do uh, making it black and white. This week I'm going to focus on what my big objective is, right? Those things are important because that's how you build up the muscle memory that's how you build up the skill set um the skill set in order to uh execute at a high level when it's when it's game time you know um i always found the most valuable part of the week leading up to the games um on fridays and saturdays um when i was playing football was the walkthroughs like the the walkthroughs you know the shells like just tops oh you know tops only right walkthroughs and it was because we focused exclusively on the game plan for that upcoming game we slowed everything down we focused periods on you know just specific um specific plays specific reps like exercises to get maximum reps so that mm-hmm. by the time we got into the game it was all muscle memory. It was all instinctive. It was, I have seen this before. I know where my fit is. I know what I'm supposed to do here. I know what I'm seeing on the other side. And so I shared that with our entrepreneurs, our entrepreneur leaders out there to say that when we're talking about practicing these things one week at a time on even decisions right now that may not be high pressure decisions, it's because we want you to get the walkthroughs in so that by the time it's, you know, it's game time and you can't ha- you can't control the circumstances in the situation. You can't control how much time is on the clock. You can't control the weight of the decision. You can't control what you know um, if you have to make the decision or not. Again, it's like muscle memory. It's like deja vu because you've already gone through these reps over and over again, and so you feel like you have confidence. Right, going back to that very first strategy we talked about, you've built up these recognition patterns that you can execute mm-hmm. at a high level. So. Um, Definitely want to make sure that we, we drop that nugget for you guys before we close out the season finale of season two. What? <laughs> nah, I'm with you, man. I think, you know, the key is, is to make, the, make these strategies a lifelong habit that you're going to apply to all of your decision making. Especially as a business owner, you're not going to be able to avoid it. So put in the time and, you know, seven weeks to go through these activities and be intentional about improving how I make my decisions so that I can do them smarter uh, and be faster at these decisions and these oh so important decisions that I'm making that affect my business, my employees if I have them, deals that I'm making with other vendors or other business partners or even decisions that I'm making that affect my family. Uh, And if you have a family and you're a business owner, Regardless, all of your decisions are going to have some type of impact uh, on on your family life and on your home. Um, so it won't really take that long if you think about seven weeks compared to you know the rest of my my entrepreneurial life and my life in general. But the effects are going to be amazing and they're going to be long lasting. Uh, and it, it it really bleeds into every other. Uh, part of your life. Any decision that I have to make, I've already had the muscle memory. I've gone through the reps. I have my processes in place and I'm that much more confident in any decision that I have to make. Um, so there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Those were the seven strategies that we wanted to break down for you. Learning recognition patterns, setting a time limit, making a daily quota, recognizing where the decision can be reversed, knowing your ultimate objective and does it align, putting things in pers- uh, to perspective, and then lastly, thinking in black and white. Seven strategies to help you make faster and smarter decisions and be more effective in doing so. Um, that is it y'all we have had no we've had i mean we've we've had a blast man i I really i truly truly enjoy doing what we do the opportunity to be able to to speak to our folks out there uh through the podcast through the vidcast uh this is just it's been an amazing ride and i'm just excited i'm excited that we've gotten to this point i'm grateful that we've gotten to this point i'm grateful that we've been able to to pick up additional um community members and legacy leaders along the way um it's just been awesome man so you know i'm I'm excited about the learning process that you and i get to go through together and and yes the many conversations that we have uh pre post recording of the podcast as well um 
all of it is is um, it's just an opportunity for growth uh, and for us as individuals, for us as a team, and then to help you grow. That is our passion. That is why we are here. Uh, so, man, we always ask, again, if you have found any value from this episode, please share this with another Entree leader. Uh, leave us some comments, whether you're watching the vidcast uh, on our YouTube channel, Legacy and Leadership Podcast. If you haven't subscribed to the channel, please do so. Uh, if you are a new or loyal listener, hopefully you continue to stick around. Again, we're going to go on hiatus, or we're going to give you an opportunity to catch up if you just started listening and and rocking with us over the last couple of weeks or a couple of months. Um, I'm not going to speak to it yet, but I really feel like we have an opportunity to to package up these different topics that we've hit along the way uh, and even provide uh, that same information for you in in a different way uh, within the next couple of months. So uh, once we have that together, and strategized and ready, then I'll announce it fully. Uh, but these have been some nuggets, man. These have been some nuggets that we've been dropping over the last four months. Um, mind mapping, resiliency and grit, um, decision making, uh, just very important areas that we could all need to focus on as individuals, but definitely as a business owner to help you not just start it, but keep it and make sure that you're doing what you need to do to grow, scale your business, and leave a legacy for future generations. Um, so like the podcast, leave us a review. We'd appreciate that very, very much. Uh, if you want to continue to uh, communicate with us, uh, you can always, again, leave a comment. Uh, you can follow myself uh, on Instagram at coach underscore Jimmy G Jr. You can follow Devon at Leadership Docent uh, or just follow the Legacy and Leadership Podcast at Leadership Podcast. Uh, and follow us there. You can DM us. You can always uh, email us as well uh, at legacyandleadership at gmail.com uh, if you have questions. Because we really, I'm interested to know too, like what additional topics would you like to hear about as we uh, go on this little hiatus and get ready for season three? So, um, and we're we're cooking things up already. We're bouncing around ideas. We're, we're we're looking to continue to step it up, man, and um, improve upon the experience that we provide for you guys and the hotness, <laughs> which is the Legacy, the Legacy and Leadership, and Leadership podcast. podcast. Absolutely. For sure. Um, any last words, my friend, my homie? None other than, man, this has been just an awesome experience, a humbling experience. <clears throat> you know, just looking at, you know, when we first started this thing almost a year ago, it'll be a year, like I said, when we start the first episode for season three. So excited to celebrate that, man. But you know, when you look at the community we've been able to build and the folks we've been able to connect with, that's what really matters the most, mm -hmm. man, more than the, than the, the data and the views. But, um, you know, you can't, you also can't deny the numbers on the scoreboard, right? You know, over 15,000, um, YouTube plays over, mm -hmm. um, you know, six, 7,000, um, you know, pod bean streams and, you know, communities of, you know, 400 plus and pod bean 300 plus and, um, LinkedIn, 200 plus in uh, Facebook, um, you know, over 1200 YouTube subscribers, man. It's just, um, this has been greater than I could have even imagined when we started this thing. And it's just been awesome to, to be able to do this, um, you know, with my friend, with my brother, um, it's, it's been awesome to hear the stories and people reach out to us about how our words have resonated with them or connected with them and been able to help them out, man. And, um, more importantly, it's been awesome to know that, man, this is just the beginning. Like, this is just the beginning. So, yeah, you're right. We're ready to push the boundaries and continue mm -hmm. to improve uh, the quality of what we're providing. Our legacy leaders out there, our, our uh, entree leaders, our entrepreneurs that are following us. Um, and then really excited to uh, start having that individualized one-on-one -on -one, um, impact you know, for some of our business owners out there um, that are looking for that that specialized guidance, that that curated, catered guidance, um, you know, from from us on how we can help you grow your business, uh, and again, really, really, truly deliver on the most important thing to us—the thing that has been the 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 through line for every single major moment in our lives from the time we had that first conversation, um, you know, 12, 13 years ago to now, 
right, which is legacy, like helping you achieve that legacy for generations to come. We know how important that is um, to us. Uh, we know how important that is to our, our, our listeners out there, our entrepreneurs out there that are grinding, getting it, building something, um, building mm-hmm. something from nothing. Uh, and we want to help you achieve that. So um, I'm excited, man. I'm excited. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, and again, there, there'll be more content coming out, so don't fret. Uh, we're still going to be doing our cold boot and convos on Wednesday nights. Uh, so our live podcast on pod beam. So for our, uh, pod beaners out there, definitely, uh, join us again. We want to have you guys join in on the conversation. We're going to be getting uh, other entrepreneurs, uh, to come on with us and, and chop it up and, and hear about their experience and lessons learned uh, and any tips that they can provide to our community as well uh, on, again, business building and not just starting it, but keeping it and maintaining it long term. Uh, so thank you for listening. Please show us some love, comment, like and share. Uh, again, if you want to reach out to us, you can do so on Facebook uh, with our Legacy Leader community. Uh, again, don't forget, talked about Instagram, uh, same thing on Twitter at Legacy Leadership, uh, as well as LinkedIn. Facebook and our YouTube channel, Legacy in Leadership Podcast. Uh, so, until next time, legacy leaders, entree leaders, and our community out there, God bless y'all. Stay encouraged. Pray, join that beat, go and pray. You have just listened to the Legacy in Leadership Podcast, hosted by Jimmy Gonzalez and Devon Watts. Thank you, and we hope that you live, lead, and leave a legacy worth remembering. Until next time.